take time and enjoy your journey, especially as it relates to learning. You got time to move up. Move up happens quickly. When you're ready to do it, the universe will align and, and God will open the doors. Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. All right, hello. Thank you for tuning in to another power-packed episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast. This episode, we are joined by a phenomenal, phenomenal human resources leader and executive, Joan Wilmer, who's got an MBA, and she's been a well-respected visionary at brands such as Caesars Entertainment, American Red Cross, the Federal Reserve Board, Toyota, and Citigroup. And she's picked up a few awards along the way, such as Toyota's President's Award, Citigroup Circle of Leadership Award, Ebony Magazine's Top 30 Under 30 Leaders, Baltimore Business Journal's Top 40 Under 40 Leaders, which I'm also an alum, so it's cool to connect with fellow BBJ 40 Under 40 Leaders, and the Black Enterprise Magazine's On The Move Award. So, Joan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and I'm looking forward to the conversation. And I'm excited to have you here as well. I know our listeners will benefit from your insight. It looks like you've climbed the corporate ladder relatively quickly in your career in light of some of the brands that you've been affiliated with and some of the accolades you've picked up along the way. What's been a singular guiding piece of advice that has kept you motivated as you climbed the corporate ladder? Wow, singular. That's pretty- <laughs> I've so much. Or you can go, um, you can give three. Let's go with three. Three pieces of okay, advice. Okay, okay, okay. You've given me the pressure. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's get it. Three. Um, one, I'm a continuous learner. I have no problem getting into any task or project, uh, regardless if I have, I would say that subject matter expertise or not in it. I'm no stranger to working hard and figuring stuff out. And so if that means I got to burn the midnight oil and do some research and speak to some individuals who are experts and be humble in some outreach to say, I'm not familiar with this. Can you tell me about it? It helps me to really expand my knowledge and my breadth and, and depth of experiences. And so that has served me extremely well over the years. Two, I would say being flexible. As you said, I, I've worked with some great organizations. And what I'm most proud of is I really didn't have to apply for jobs. People tap me for jobs. That's because I've been that individual that has been known to work really hard and produce results and not be afraid of tough assignments, or I call sticky situations in HR, where there's cleanup or we got to move or lift or shift or downsize or do something. I know how to fill in the blank. Most executives manage to a strategy and numbers, and they need someone that can help them connect to the people who ultimately make up those numbers. And so my flexibility and being flexible in where I live and where I work and who I work for and even those things or people who have sticky uh, situations or reputations and say, hey, this is a tough one, I've never shied away from it and it has served me well. And I'd say last but not least, and this is one that I continue to grow in, so I want to be very sincere in this, and that is just having a good personal foundation. That is something that's evolved for me. I think that as you work and move in your career, it is important to have a good foundation of your values, what guides your thinking and your decisioning. And it's helped me to 
make some decisions relating to people, which is who I work with every day, whether it's a leader I'm partnering with or someone that's affected by a large staff decision. Having that firm foundation of what's my personal values and beliefs has served me well. And if you don't have that foundation and you don't know who you are and where you're going and what motivates you to make decisions in life, then I would strongly encourage you to start there first and then work on the other two I mentioned. Mm. That's really good. That's good info. And let's unpack that last one a bit. You said you're working through it. So I want to drill down on some of that. What are some of the books that you're reading or some of the ideas that you're kicking around as you explore this idea of having a strong foundation and the values that you believe in? What's that process been like for you? Uh, well, let me share a little bit about the journey and then I'll tell you about the books because you know, it all makes sense. You know, I started young. I went to college when I was 16, going on 17, so um, very young. I also graduated, went straight to business school, so I didn't stop. I just kept going, and as I continued to go, I worked at the same time. So my development of my thought leadership and my maturity in business and being around people who were twice my age and having to carry myself in a way where they felt like I had that same level of maturity really made me accelerate who I projected and needed to be. And so that came with um, some growing pains because you kind of become conflicted. You have your personal life that's going on at the same time, and then you're trying to keep up and run with the the sharks, as I call them. And so it's a matter of um, just really finding that pace that's healthy for that environment, which which was required, that what I described it was required for me to be the the head or the leader of HR, the leader of people for these big businesses, but also having a pace to where I can mature at a pace that I would say God wanted me to be and where I could keep up and be successful and mature as a person. And so uh, when I first started out, I was burning the midnight oil then, but in a different way, just trying to get my um, my knowledge up, trying to build my network, trying to meet everybody, making sure they knew my name. And then it was a plateau where I had to look back and say, okay, so you always people call them, or as I have a mentor, where I say, they're in your role with that. But what does that mean? And what does those experiences mean? And it was a good point for me to say, where have you built authentic relationships? Where have you built connections that have helped you to balance out the person, Joan, to where people are talking to you, they understand who you are. And so I think from that plateau, it really helped me to evaluate not only making a connection with you, it was making a connection with you to where you knew who I was and you could really speak about me as a person in different settings and know the character and the brand and the strength of Joan versus I know Joan Wilmer because of name reference or association with something. And that makes a big difference. And I think over the years where I've just built that authentic self and allowed myself to breathe and be Joan Gabriella versus Joan Wilmer, the HR executive, it has made a difference in my touch point with leaders. I think it has allowed them to be more comfortable and trusting with me to be their authentic self, which allowed us to do better 
business decisions than to do things that were healthy for an organization or for individuals. And today, I would say that third leg of the race after that plateau has been balancing out on the spiritual side as well and just making sure that as I'm being my authentic self and I'm trying to, I would say, make those connections that are meaningful and to do work and make decisions that are impactful in a very sincere way that I'm also keeping my faith at the forefront. And I don't waver in that. I can't say that that was always my motivator at the beginning. And that might be indicative of what we are at 20 year olds. Yeah. Um, we just want to get up the climb. So that process has definitely been played out for me over the years. Yeah. And I think your story will resonate with many of the listeners of the podcast because we are told and conditioned to believe that the path towards success is grind, 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 put in the hours, you know, do whatever it takes to climb the corporate ladder in a sense. But we don't really And this is one of the reasons why this podcast exists is because there aren't a lot of guiding voices in our life that says, well, hey, wait a minute, it's important to be successful in your career, but it's also important to have your own identity. It's also important to have your faith and what that means to you. And, (laughs) And so it's very cool to see, you know, that you are at that place of making that a focus because you can check the box on a lot of the executive aspects like been there, done that, you know, sat at the the board tables with people. And now you're saying what matters most is, you know, really finding that identity and that balance. Absolutely. And I think that it also has a benefit beyond understanding or comprehension. It's being able to not only bring your full self, but to bring your full self, mind, body and heart to a table. You're right. I've done so much. I've been very blessed to have some careers where I've spent time at the table with some renowned leaders and they have made impact in business and will go down in history. As my colleagues say, a group of of women that I talk to and, and we work with and help each other across our different industries, you know, been there done that, got the t-shirt and the shoelaces. So you get those experiences, but then you look back and say, okay, so what's the sum of all parts and what does that mean? And how do I not miss that before it's time for me to get that mug that says gone fishing? And so I encourage everyone, especially while you're building your career, if you can get this earlier on, man, you're going to be so unstoppable. But I'm grateful for the journey and that it's coming to me now and it must be coming for a reason because I pass this along to my mentees. I have eight of them and I love them dearly and they pass it along to the people I tell them they have to mentor so we have to pay it forward and hopefully through this podcast we'll be able to touch someone as well. For sure. Uh, for you, if you're just picking this podcast back up, We're talking with Joan Wilmer, who is an entrepreneur. She's a human resources executive and community advocate. Joan, you talked about mentorship in your last segment there. And this podcast kind of is like mentoring people who whose faces you may never see. So what are some of the questions that you get or the scenarios that you get from some of your mentees? And what type of wisdom do you try to impart in those moments? Sure. Um, So I mentor eight individuals. Uh, Four of them are women who are at that, I would say, three at that mid-career trying to make a turn into the the senior career level and the others at, at an executive level. She's an executive director. 
at the table for C-suite. And the two gentlemen are C-suite leaders. And so um, what's interesting about them is they none of them are HR. So a lot of people think that when I say I got eight mentees, they're all budding HR leaders. No, um, two are CFOs and, and CF, CFOs who've been working much longer than me. So it's I think that that's um, one key thing that I can say is mentorship is not an age thing. It's um, those that you connect with that relate to your story and your aspirations and where you want to go and have strength that you're trying to develop. And those two leaders come to me because they feel trusting of what I have to say to them and they know I'm going to give them sound advice. And more importantly, there's things that I do that they want to develop for themselves. And so that's one. Don't be afraid of or or to shy away from things that may not fit cookie cutter. It's all about fit. You have to listen and look for fit is what I tell my mentees, whether it be the job you're looking for. Don't get hung up in the title. Don't get too hung up in money if the money's going to lend to something greater. And don't get hung up in individuals on their outer appearances, meaning age or title or any or, or, or race or anything like that. It's all about the fit and how they can see it fit and feel the need for you. The second thing about this group of mentees is that they are extremely, I would say, um, self-sufficient. But so they take advantage of the mentoring relationship. So they don't just come to me and ask questions. They also come to me and they prepare for our meetings in a way that allows us to go into a think tank. So I know when I'm talking to my mentees, I'm not just, I can't just take these calls from a car. I can't just meet them for 10, 15 minutes and move on. I got to spend a good hour, an hour and a half with them. But you try to spend time with them at least once a quarter to support them. And so they come with real case scenarios and try to really tap into the knowledge that will allow them to have a different perspective to arrive at their own position. And I appreciate that because when they realize that it's a learning lab opportunity is what I call it, and they don't miss that whatsoever. I mean, sometimes (laughs) I tease them and tell them I am not working at your company. I'm not your marketing person. I'm not your HR person. I'm not your CEO. So I'm going to need you to look at this a little differently. And then last but not least with my mentees, I try to tell them to enjoy the journey. One of the things that you see from my resume is that I've worked very quickly in my career and have been tapped to move quickly. And when I first started, it was like, okay, I got to move, I got to move, I got to move. And then when I hit that plateau of really looking at where I was and where I was going and how was I taking advantage of the learning, it really made me realize there was some touch points along the journey that I wish I had a little bit more time to smell the roses and whether it be the international travels and learning more about those countries, which I'm now going back to as a small travel group um, that I'm with, or it's uh, a matter of being able to be in an assignment a little bit longer to learn a little bit more about the aspects that I was managing some of it uncontrolled by me. It's just more the, the conditions of the assignment. But some of it was just, you know, me and how I moved and got things done. So it served me well because I got the reputation of Joan's going to get it done. But it also self-reflection is, hmm, I wish I could have spent a little bit more time here. So I tell my mentees, take time and enjoy your journey, especially as it relates to learning. You got time to move up. Move up happens quickly. When you're ready to do it, the universe will align and and God will 
open the doors. And so I tell them to please, please enjoy every morsel of learning you can in your respective experiences. That's powerful work and powerful advice that you're giving to your mentees. And I love the fact that you are creating the space for them to to basically have your undivided attention for an hour, an hour and a half and see what comes of that. Um, that that's totally cool. And it's something that every young professional needs. They need that time with that, that leader that they can look up to. I know you have people that have been in the profession in their profession longer than you, but it's important to have someone that you look up to, whether that's someone ahead of you in experience or in a skill that you're looking to develop um, and just sit and have that time together. One of the things that, and as we bring that episode to a close here, there's no doubt about it that you've been an exceptional leader in the executive space. Uh, You are a woman of color. uh, And so I wanted to know what concrete steps you would give or what, what advice would you give to uh, females of color looking to get representation in the C-suite in industries that are typically dominated by men? Uh, very important topic. And I would say, one, find that organization that's going to really value your voice. There are organizations that are starting to tap into creating environments and circles that will allow for women of color to progress. But what that means is there's a circle created. But what happens within that circle? Um, how are the voices highlighted, respected, et cetera? I was just talking to someone and I said, I was reading this study where it talked about how women of color felt silenced in a business um, environment and where they are taught not to be ready to give your opinion first. Wait till everyone in the room is done. And I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of the study. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to do it justice. But, you know, wait till everyone speaks. And then you offer your opinion. And don't be too strong with your opinion. And don't talk about what's happening in your community. Well, you just pretty much cut off 80% of that person's existence. Um, there's so much happening in the African-American community. How can you not carry that to work or, or have an opinion, whether it has directly affected you or not. And so I think women of color need to find someone uh, or find an organization that not only has, I would say, diversity inclusion programs that highlight who you are, but they have programs that honor your voice. And you need to make that first and foremost in your interview questions and or as you're being considered for promotional opportunities, do they want to really hear what I have to say and can I really be myself? Secondly, um, making sure that you're not afraid to take on assignments and be flexible outside of your immediate space of comfort. I find that African-American women sometimes may turn away from those assignments that may be in Idaho or Minneapolis, or I'm trying to think of uh, Oklahoma, or those that are way, way out there that you may not have as large of a population of African-American women in C-suite or those who aspire to be in C-suite, just because they're not those mainstream metropolitan areas. And so we find ourselves tending to look at those New York, LA, Chicago, but there are tremendous opportunities with those organizations that are a little bit more remote. I tell uh, my mentees that you can do those assignments for two to three years and come back and really write your ticket. And then last but not least, I tell this every interview, and I mean it, I stand by it. You really do need a career team. It's not just a mentor that's going to give you advice when you, I would say, need it or get in trouble or um, have an issue. It's 
it's uh, having a career team that's a mentor, a sponsor, and a champion. A mentor is someone who can help you in your practice and fine-tune your craft and skills on work situations. They are your confidant. Your uh, sponsor is someone who is going to be the one that's going to champion your name. Um, they're at the table. They're, they're in a point of influence that allows you to be assigned, attached, selected for opportunities. And then the sponsor is that one who's at that level who has the influence. They may not know who you are, but their touch points are going to be with you differently because they're going to reference you differently. And I have a lot of information on my website, joanwilmer.com, that speaks to this career team. I don't think that one will less the other is an advantage. I think you need all three. And then last but not least, it was something I did not answer in your previous question. You asked me, what was I reading? Two books. One is Oprah's new book called Sunday Morning, I think I'm referencing right, um, amazing book, Good Self-Reflection, and the other one is Across the Finish Line, as you have talked to me about. I just recently got appointed to the Board of um, Visitors for Norfolk State University, and it's a historical black college and university, and um, I'm really vested and interested in what makes an HBCU successful. And I think there's some leadership lessons in, in that book that are amazing and help one to think about not only how do we get minorities to college, but how do we get them to graduate? It's a different conversation. It's a needed conversation. And it's very much a heavy weight in the existence of HBCUs and in just leadership um, when you're facing tough legacy situations. So I encourage if you're looking for two good books, those are two excellent books to read. Awesome. Well, Joan, this has been a phenomenal, I, I called it at the beginning, power packed, and you did not disappoint. Uh, this has been a great interview. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. Yes, you're welcome. And I try to give the guests the last word. I know that you gave books, you gave contact information, but as we bring this to a close, what are some final thoughts that you give to the audience? And if there's anything else that you want to plug, feel free to take this time and do that. And thanks again for coming on to the show. Um, last words. Just take time to really develop yourself. I think we focus so much outward and I try to tell just not just mentees, but just, you know, my little circle of colleagues and friends and girlfriends that we look so much out for approval and support and advancement and growth. And really what I think wise, seasoned, older, whatever you want to call it, folks will tell you is that they go through their lives and they'll tell you it really is all within. And if you can get that principle early on, man, you'll be unstoppable. So what's going on within? Perfect that and you will have an amazing life. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. 
And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.